Right, before we even talk about the race, I feel like we need to talk about how we're all doing physically because Monza was quite an assault on the body. Um, when Emily and I got back, we did some foot masks to recover, but I still got about, and I'm not exaggerating, 20 bruises on my arms. Mm. You can probably attest to that, Emily. I absolutely can. You look like a mouldy loaf of bread. I do look like a mouldy loaf of bread. Uh, <laughs> Dom, how are you doing? How How is your body? Has it recovered? Uh, my Both my ankles are still hurting a lot. I saw my physio today, and when I told him I'd done 90,000 steps over the weekend, he just rolled his eyes at me and said, it's no surprise you're not getting better. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much how it's going my end. Welcome to the very first full episode of Formation Chat. We are so excited. We have just got back from Monza and I, for one, am completely broken. We have got so much to debrief from the weekend, lots to chat about, and we're going to be going through some of our features for the very first time. Before we dive in, I'll give you a little bit of an overview as to what you can expect from the podcast. So, Our first one that we released, if you've listened to that one, was a little bit of an F1 lesson for my friend Emily, who was going to see a race for the very first time. Most weeks, it's going to be a little bit different. So we're going to be talking about the drama from the week, what F1 goss there is, what we've seen on social media, race debriefs, everything that you need to know. And we're also going to be doing a Lewis Hamilton outfit review each time because if you've ever seen him walk into the paddock, you'll know that he wears some truly fabulous things. I'm a relatively new Formula One fan myself, so I'm still learning the sport. So each week we're going to be getting on a fellow fan out there who's going to come on and give us a technical explainer. One of the things I'm hoping to do through this podcast is to get people from different kinds of backgrounds into Formula One. So as well as some of the fun things that we're going to be chatting about each week, we also are hoping to bring on some guests from different types of backgrounds who are working in Formula One so we can hear from people who are there what it's like and understand a little bit more about the routes they took to get a career in Formula One. Right, that is enough of me. Let's go. I have two fantastic co-hosts with me today. We first have Emily, who was on the first podcast. She is here to bring us all her opinions fresh from her first F1 race as she learns the sport. And we've also got Dom, who is our resident expert. Dom is a avid F1 fan and is also going to be doing our technical explainer later today. So let's talk about our Monza experience. It was a bit of a weird race, wasn't it? Because there were so many grid penalties. So the order was so messed up at the beginning. But I feel like the result was basically what we all expected. Although, Dom, you had a bit of a rogue prediction that I'll play now. Okay, we are currently sat in London City Airport about to board our flight to Monza. But before we do, it's important that we get some race predictions in. Got Dom here with me. Dom, tell me, top three, who's it going to be? So obviously the easy thing is to say Max again, but I don't believe in that. And Max has had really bad luck in Monza, so I'm just going to hope that 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 uh, bad luck keeps going. So I'm predicting a max technical problem. So I know one of the other questions, the DNF, so I'm saying max. Got had this gut feeling this week. I think Russell's gonna get his first win. So I'm saying Russell, Charles, Alonso, third, 
this the, the, that third one isn't a crazy gut feel that is the alpine have been doing very well recently and they're predicted to do well uh, in monza so i think alonso's gonna get i think that would be his first podium back with alpine but yeah that's my prediction for top three this is exciting this wasn't what i was expecting i hope it comes true um okay so my prediction is i'm gonna go I'm going to go for a max win, even though it's just so predictable. But I'm going to go a max win. Then I am going to go Russell second and Charles third. Are you surprised that your prediction wasn't right? Yeah, I mean, prediction was that Max wouldn't uh, would DNF, and that was a bit of a silly one. So yeah, I'm not entirely shocked by the result. But you know, you've got to you've got to hope for the best, otherwise the sport gets a bit boring. You're not wrong. My my prediction was kind of a. Uh dull but predictable one it was quite accurate i mean max won and i just got george and charles in the wrong order but yeah a bit of a a bit of a dull prediction emily i know you know pre-race weekend you weren't in a state to be making predictions predictions, no now you've every race you'll know it i'm gonna know it i am i I can name at least nine drivers let's hope (laughs) one of them comes in the top three So, yeah, results expected. Cannot believe how quickly um, signs got through the grid, though. Quite impressed, given we weren't expecting the Ferrari cars to do particularly well at Monza. What are your thoughts, Dom? Yeah, I'm not entirely surprised. I mean, the Ferraris, the Ferrari is still a fast car, and obviously he had penalties, so he'd taken some new um, parts. But I think it's a good thing because if people were complaining a lot about all the grid penalties, but if it wasn't for the fact that we had people like Sainz and Hamilton charging up the field, I think it would have been an even more boring race. So despite that being something that a lot of people were unhappy about, I think it gave really the only, excite- only excitement that we really had. So I'm not entirely surprised to see Sainz come up like that. Um, and I'm glad in a way that we had the grid penalties. I would agree. It wouldn't have been the most exciting race if we didn't have that, particularly given the safety car ending. What What's your take? What are your thoughts? Do you agree that it should have ended under a safety car? Do you think it should have been red flagged? So initial thoughts in the race were absolutely not, but I've been listening and reading to a lot of things, and I do understand that they technically applied the rules. Uh, but something I we didn't really you and I were talking about it at the race about why was George Russell behind the safety car and that was mm. a huge problem is it the safety car and apparently there isn't a rule that the safety car has to come out a particular point but obviously the safety car has to eventually be in front of the person at the front um, I, I the thing that everyone agrees upon is that they did follow the rules but maybe the rules should be changed that if you are seven laps before the end there should be an automatic red flag so I think there should have been a red flag they absolutely could have chosen to do that uh, whether it was that was 100% within the spirit of the rules is unclear but I mean I'm biased because we were there and I'm just really pissed off that the w- one race we were at was the most boring race since I've been watching F1 except for Spa where the race didn't actually happen what a scathing review yeah it, well, yeah it wasn't the most it wasn't the most exciting race I feel like the issue is that they need to change the rules they did do the right thing and I did see saw Toto and Lewis afterwards making comments understandably that it was nice to see that the rules were followed and there was only one time that they weren't followed and uh, I think it's still too soon to be talking about it okay so Nick DeVries hero of the day we love him we love him we've been we've been fans of Nick for a little while we've been talking about wanting him to get his seat I don't know if you saw did you guys know that he didn't sleep the night before he said on sky sports yeah because he was nervous yeah 
So he oh, said. That makes me like him even more. So Lovely man. Lovely chap. <laughs> Lovely chap. He, so he said that he had a really bad night's sleep and then he said he couldn't even look at his sleep tracker because he didn't really sleep whatsoever. And then the bit, oh my God, the bit that really got me was he said that his dad, I actually teared up at this point, yes, I'm a loser. He said that his dad had driven over from Monaco, I think. And he, oh. and him and his dad couldn't even speak because when they started to speak, they both welled up because oh, they'd been looking forward to this moment for their whole lives. Oh, Nick. And he came ninth. And he came ninth. What a hero. Yeah, it was a great result for him. That was probably the only like positive thing about the whole race was that whole, whole <laughs> thing for him. That and when your friend thought that uh, Ricardo's car had actually come off the track and gone in the tree. Oh, than yeah. It being lifted off. This was absolutely golden. <laughs> I sent a I sent a photo of it. So when we left Monza, we walked past Danny Ricardo's car in a tree and I sent the photo to a couple of friends. And one of them was like, how did his car get in the tree? And she thought he'd somehow put his car in the tree oh, in the race. That made me chuckle. Yeah, that really, that really got us. But Nick... To be clear, because the, the way you just told that story, it actually was in the tree. To be clear, it was being held by a oh, crane yeah. and there happened to be trees around it. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely up on a, a crane, yeah. wasn't it? Rather than having <laughs> magically landed in a tree. Yeah, it was up on a crane, but very amusing. So is Nick going to get a seat next year? Is it going to be the Williams seat? Could it be the Haas seat? Alpine, is that too much of a stretch? Or is poor Nick going to be stuck in Formula E again? Dom, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think he will uh, definitely get a seat and it is now or never for him because he's had the biggest uh, platform you can possibly have. So if he doesn't get it now, he's never going to get it. Uh, I think he's probably going to get an offer from Williams very quickly. But I think with the uh, Colton Herter situation at AlphaTauri falling through, the whole Pierre Gasly to Alpine thing may also fall through. So they might be uh, after him as well. Uh, and then maybe Haas as like a backup. So I think there's lots of opportunity and he'll get it. And I really do hope he does because I want to see more of him and ideally in as good as car as possible me too me too shockingly he looks very young bless him but he is 27 and this is probably his last chance as you said he he's not done a very traditional route and um, to get into f1 but it's quite late at this age to be to be going into an f1 seat so we all got to cross our fingers for nick after his fabulous fabulous show on sunday but yeah definitely definitely hoping he gets a seat hope he's in the best car as well but it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with alpine because it sounds like maybe uh gasly is going to have to stay with alpha towery for another year oh, that makes me so sad me too poor guy he needs to get out of there okay so one of the other things i thought could be interesting for us to talk about there was a lot of booing for max at the race there was some debate afterwards as were they booing for max were they booing for the fact that we ended on a safety car having been there i think we can all confirm that there was a hell of a lot of booing for max it was booing for max it wasn't just for the safety car maybe a bit of it but a lot of it was booing for max I think there was also a lot of just general discontent about the about the whole event itself. Uh, but I do agree that I don't think booing. I think maybe booing when the car's going by is like fair enough because they're not hearing it. But I find I don't think it's okay to boo like when the person's on the podium because whether it's Max who's won thir uh, thirty two races or whatever or someone winning their first, it's just not okay because they deserve they deserve better than that. 
Yeah, I agree. We can't deny that he's done an amazing job this year and booing is just a little bit in poor taste. I don't love it. What do you think, Emily? Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's nice to boo people. You know, they're still, it's their passion. They're a professional sportsman and I think it's disrespectful. Even if we don't like the person, I still don't think you should be. I but agree. I do agree with Dom. Like, you can have a little boo when he can't little hear you boo, going yeah. around in the car, but maybe not when he's celebrating. Yeah. Unless they're like an utter knob. <laughs> yeah. Or like they've cheated. If someone like Mazepin last year was ever on a podium, I think that's completely fair to boo him. Or like if, yeah, if if Max, if it was a known fact that Max had cheated and then won again, something like that would be fair. But you can't boo someone because you're upset that they won and your person lost. Yeah. And he did, he's good, isn't he? Yeah, he is So good. he kind of won in his own yeah, right. He's so good. Yeah, that I was my summary. He's good, isn't he? Oh, Emily, you are <laughs> honestly <laughs> sorry. Someone called Sky Sports. I'm to become an F1 critic soon. Yeah. I'm going to know too much. Hold me back. I, I don't think we can. I oh. somebody give Crofty a bell. I'm Emily is in this podcast. I'm yeah. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> so the atmosphere at Monza, it was it was an interesting race, and having comparing it to Paul Ricard, which was super calm, lots of kind of families everyone was sat down it was a very tame kind of feel in the audience really really nice but very different feel it was definitely wilder at Monza but I thought it was really friendly I felt like everyone we were around was pretty nice chatty I loved their love for Danny Rick what yeah. what what did you guys think Emily what were your thoughts I agree I thought it was a really nice atmosphere we were in a, a fun little bit that we'd broken into. We had a good view. Everyone was singing along. I was dishing out the sun cream. It was a hot, sunny day. <laughs> There's people in the crowd who kept coming up to me needing a little spritz. So I feel like everyone was very friendly and in good spirits. I I agree. So uh, picture this. Maybe I can actually physically picture it for you guys when I post it on our Instagram. Uh, Emily was so concerned about everybody, making sure that everybody was sun protected. She was worried about her shoulders. And so she put some loo roll hanging off the sides of her <laughs> shoulders. It's a really it's a really great image to make sure that they weren't burning. I call it resourceful. It, it was resourceful. You and look like very, an ass. I look yeah, very uh, embarrassing at the same time. <laughs> But I didn't burn, guys, so you happy know, days. You had the last laugh. Yeah, if anything, got a bit of a tan. <laughs> but with uh, loo roll marks on the shoulders. Yeah, exactly. Patches, patchy. Patchy. <laughs> Dom, what were your thoughts on the atmosphere? What did you think of the, the feel with the Tifosi? Yeah, I thought it was great. I think overall the best thing about the whole weekend was the people, both our group of friends that we had and then all the random people that we like chatted to. Uh, it was cool to just meet other people who just are passionate as us about the sport, to talk to people's different opinions. I particularly like the uh, two, the uh, two, our two Dutch friends who were both Max Verstappen fans and and the the guy was was saying about how oh it would make it more interesting if um if Charles won this and then maybe if Max DNF'd and then his wife tapped him on the shoulder like no okay Charles can win but we don't want Max to DNF don't go too far <laughs> yeah, that was funny and then and then lots of couples like that couple we met where you had who were for different teams like a lot were for one was Ferrari one for Mercedes and stuff and that was cool but I will note that when I was going on Twitter to find other people that were angry about the other things that we won't talk about I did see that apparently and I'm sure this happens there's always one asshole but there were some Ferrari fans that were being proper dicks to the Red Bull fans like literally bullying people into taking their merch off and stuff and that's just not okay but uh, it seems like it was a few bad apples yeah, yeah. I don't I don't love that. We can't be shaming people no. for who they Thankfully, support. Thankfully, we didn't see that, did we? 
we were dishing out the camping chairs as well we had a yeah. couple of people who used it to get some respite from sitting on the floor all day <laughs> while we got a good view under the grandstand oh hearts of gold <laughs> hearts of gold looking after everyone one thing that I did think was interesting and I guess not particularly uh, surprising was I saw some anti Bonotto signs stuck in the portaloos. Where did you see did you see any of them? <laughs> I didn't, but I love that. Yeah. I don't think Ferrari are uh, loving him. I wonder why it's um it's such a mystery because they're really nailing all the strategy calls and decisions that they're making as a team this year. So yeah, complete complete mystery as to why they're questioning it. Yeah, I feel like if you asked me which which team principal was most likely to be uh, fired next, I would have to say uh, Benotto because yeah, he's got he's got a lot of problems in his in his team. He has bless him. Yeah, it's not been going too well for them. Oh, Even dear. I know that now. Even Emily knows that, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, um, but I mean, they didn't actually didn't. Well, I don't think we need to debate this. Some people say, did Ferrari make some strategy cock-ups this weekend? I don't really think so. Whatever they would have done, they wouldn't have won. So I don't think they really made a big faux pas. And there were no 12.7 second pit stops. So, you know. <laughs> the only way is up with that. Okay. Highlights of the weekend. Emily, what was your favorite moment of the entire weekend in Milan? Of the entire weekend? We're entire talking... weekend. F1 related. F1 related. So I was about to say the pizza that I had, but obviously that wasn't, <laughs> that didn't trump the actual F1. Um, Close though. I think, for me, I know it sounds silly, but just the whole thing. I will pick a one moment, but like I'd never been to anything like that before. I clearly wasn't an avid fan before. Uh, I got there so I didn't know what to expect but I think being up close to it I loved it I also really enjoyed the other races so I liked the Porsche, uh, Porsche oh you loved the Porsche you for some it. reason I think it's because it was so much louder I felt like I knew what was going on <laughs> like because I'm so short um but no I liked that and I liked the fact that we snuck to the front and had a really really good view so all in all I preferred the obviously the F1 race to the qualifiers <laughs> uh, and I liked being stood right at the front and seeing what was going on but it was just a great weekend Oh, I'm so glad. Maybe maybe we can convince her to come to Silverstone next year. Um, <laughs> even with those <laughs> prices that they have put them up to. I think my favourite moment, maybe a slightly different vibe, was when we were in the hotel, Emily, and there was the Max fan in the lift. F1, really. Oh, my God, the shoeless man. The shoeless man. This oh. was absolutely golden. <laughs> this, it, I feel like this might be one of those stories where you tell it and it's it doesn't not gonna sound be that funny, funny. But tell it anyway. It was really funny at the time. There was an absolutely smashed Max fan who had his shoes in his hand, not on his feet. <laughs> he had bare feet. And he, he didn't have his brain in his head. He was <laughs> absolutely gone. <laughs> he was absolutely gone. And he got in the lift and he'd press the down button <laughs> He, he went, we were on, this is on the ground floor. He we thought were he was up going up, just to add that. <laughs> he thought he was going up. <laughs> we went down, we stayed in the lobby and then he appears, he goes and then he appears up again. The door opens. I've never seen anyone more surprised in their life. He was absolutely shocked. He could not believe that he was back on that floor and oh he was, we were in bits. He we were... was then just laughing at himself and slurring his words. I don't think, I, was. I don't even know if he went to his room after that. I have no <laughs> idea where he went, but he got off on the third floor so let's hope he made it to the race oh, i think fingers crossed he made it to the race because you know that guy was having a great time dom what was your favorite moment from the weekend 
Um, in two parts, but basically it was just he hearing slash seeing the cars for the first time. And I say in two parts because on the first day when we arrived, I think it was the Pirelli hot laps, which is just literally supercars. But even those are louder than the F1 cars. And when you get close to the track, the only way to describe it is it's like being close to a railroad when there's a train going, just like the sound and the energy and like, and you can almost feel like the the air being torn through. And so just feeling that the first time, but it was just a supercar. And then a few hours later, when I think it was uh, FP1 happened, just seeing my first F1 car, it was in a straight going at 300 kilometers an hour. I could smell the rubber. I literally got goosebumps. And even when I came back the next day, when I saw them again for the first time, I got literal goosebumps. So it's got to be that was the highlight of the weekend. Oh, I'm That's so glad for you. Such a better answer than mine. God's <laughs> sake, Dom. Most like, of the cars, and you even got descriptive. No, your answer, <laughs> your answer was done. great. We just went in different directions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're more experienced than this, fine. <laughs> well, I am so thrilled you had your first F1 experience. I think we're maybe, maybe emotionally ready to talk about some of the chaos of the organization of the weekend. We're gonna, we're gonna limit this to two minutes because we could probably go on forever about it. But I don't know what you're talking about. It was great. It was so perfectly organized. It. Yeah. Um, we there was a token system that was that was painful. You couldn't you couldn't buy water or beer. You had to buy tokens. That queue was about an hour. Then queue again for the water and beer. Um, what time did we get up on race day, Emily? 5.30. 5.30 and got the first train in and yet we had to queue for, I'm going to say, two hours mm -hmm. to get in. How the, how the hell did the rest of them get there? Because I think we got some the first people must have nearly missed the race. I think so too. Dom, are, are you ready for, are you ready to let it out? Are you, are you emotionally past it? I... If I had a therapist, I feel like he would advise me that I need to stop talking about it. But everyone keeps asking me about it and <laughs> I keep repeating it. <laughs> but I think I think I can get it pretty concise, pretty concisely that it was overall the whole organization thing did make it one of the most painful weekends of my life in terms of how much we walked and how stressful it was and not knowing how things were like what was going to happen the main thing for us was that we walked home two out of the three days which is a three hour long walk because it so because it's so disorganized and the public transport was running once an hour um, but I'm going to end on a positive note. Uh, I let out a lot of my frustration by creating a Twitter account and telling every single person that yeah. had a bad experience. And that was a lot of people to go onto uh, Monza F1's TripAdvisor and website a page and leave a negative review. And I can officially uh, declare that since I started doing that, uh, the score has dropped, though not as much as it should. It was originally the number... Uh, 14th thing to do in Monza out of 106. It's now dropped to number 82, and I want to take some credit for Ooh. that because I definitely pushed at least 20 to I 30 people to leave reviews. But um, no, but if you go onto TripAdvisor, you, it really does make you feel good to know that everyone else like feels the exact same way. Like, I'm mm -hmm. every single review is like one star. So yeah, yeah it was yeah. it was really really bad, and I cannot stress enough how you should never ever go to Monza for a live F1 experience. <laughs> I Definitely. would say the other positive for you, Don, was you walked so many steps that you ate two and a half pizzas and got to experience that many carbs in one evening. So I think that is. <laughs> Also a positive, no? 
Yeah, but I needed that. I needed that psychologically to boost, so it wasn't like it was completely gratuitous. I mean, I would probably have killed someone if I hadn't had that second pizza. Really good to hear that you're you're over it and past it yeah, now, Dom. It does so. sound that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time to talk about our favorite things that we have seen on social media this week. I have just been sent a fantastic post from Sunita, that is Dom's girlfriend who this is definitely my favorite thing of the week pierre gasly put a little monza photo dump including a tweet that he put out that said can someone tell me in which position i will start tomorrow's race obviously referring to the grid positions and how bloody confusing they were (laughs) you can guess what's coming next somebody replied missionary (laughs) which he likes and then posted on his instagram (laughs) oh my god that's brilliant absolutely golden I did see this one. Uh, yes. It's not. It doesn't even sound that funny, but there's basically a picture of an F1 car. They're obviously sponsored by Zoom, and there's lots of Zoom kind of uh, signs and stuff around it, and someone just put, I don't know, I didn't know F1 had subtitles, and I just found that quite funny. Not as funny as the one that you shared, though. I think I've seen that one before, and yeah, that is a really good one. I have okay. I do have an answer. It's not. It's not as good as the Pierre Gasly one. Nothing will ever be as good. But uh, for those that don't know, you can follow Lewis Hamilton's dog Roscoe on Instagram. He has six hundred thirty-three thousand followers. No biggie. And he posted, uh, or or whoever manages the account, someone's created what I think is like a Sims version of the Mercedes paddock. It's on. So it's on Roscoe Loves Coco's page, and in that, the person has put a little chair where Roscoe is sitting with a headset, um, looking at a monitor. So I'm gonna go with that. That I saw that as well. That was so cute. Yeah, I've seen that. I have actually. It's oh, very cute. Emily, I, love... I follow. Yeah, but I follow Roscoe as well now. Look at. Can you believe this? I know. She's such a fan. Barely knew his surname the other mm. day. Not the dogs. <laughs> I mean, Lewis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Roscoe Hamilton? Or... I Roscoe Hamilton? Yeah, let's, uh... let's go with that. Yeah. Okay, this is very exciting. This is going to be our first Lewis Hamilton, whilst we're on the topic, outfit review. I can't. So just... this, there's going to be three dimensions that we rate him on. As as people who've seen Pitch the Lewis may know, he wears some fantastically flamboyant things into the paddock for race weekends and this weekend was no different of course he delighted the fans with a fantastic purple number so just to illustrate this photo for you he is wearing a purple beanie a purple jumper covered in a purple jacket and then another purple jacket He's got a waistcoat in there isn't he yeah um so we're mm. going to be rating him on three things one is was it weather appropriate and we can really attest to this because we were in monza the second thing is could we pull it off so i'm just gonna say no on all of yeah, it <laughs> i can answer that one up front yeah, but sorry i won't jump the gun and then the third one is just going to be the overall fabulousness rating so we'll rate him every time and then we can give his outfits a ranking at the end of the year oh i like that little tally yeah a little tally what are we ranking it out of five ten Five, five on each one. So Dom, have you got the photo up or do you need me to send it to you? I have the, pur- I have the purple one in front of me, yes. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Okay, Dom, take it away. What is your rating on, well, could you pull it off? Uh, I could not, I could not pull this off. I, I mean, honestly, out of all of his outfits, I think it's probably one that I'd have more of a chance, but I would still not say yes. So like a two out of five, is, could I pull it off? A two, I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Emily? 
I would look like Willy uh, Wonka if I put this outfit on. Uh, I think he looks like a grape. And I think I give myself a one out of five for pulling it off. Yeah, it's it's a solid one from me as well. I think um, I I think I'd look. What was the what's the girl in uh, Willy Wonka? The oh, one the who one blows who eats. Up. Yeah, she eats all the. Um, she turns purple, doesn't she? Turns purple. I'm gonna have to come back to you on that one. I'm afraid yeah, I can't oh, think of it. But we'll know her. Veruca Salt. Yes. Oh no, is that another one? Anyway, I'd look like her in this outfit. Okay. The second thing I've got a lot of opinions on this is: is it weather appropriate? Um, so I'm gonna go one out of five for weather appropriate because I can confirm it was pretty fucking hot in Monza. We're talking maybe 27 degrees. I just think he must have been really warm. Mm. What, what do you think, Emily? 100%. I'd give it a zero for weather appropriate because, I mean, I was in shorts and a T-shirt and I was... And don't forget the loo roll. Blue roll. Yeah, with the loo roll. Dom, what are your thoughts on his three-layered outfit for weather appropriateness? Hit us with your rating. So if we can do zero, I'm going to go zero, but otherwise one. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a sweaty weekend, wasn't it? Okay, overall fabulousness rating. What do you think? Have a little look. Look at those lovely different textures. I would say it's quite a one-dimensional outfit. It's just a lot of a lot of purple. So I would give it a. I mean, he does look. It's striking. People can wear that many many layers. But back to my point about him looking like a grape. I don't think it's the most flamboyant or fabulous outfit. So I'm going to give him a, a three. He just looks like. It could be very cold and it could be colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lewis. I'm sure we'll, I'm sure there'll be more positive reviews to come. I live in H&M and New Look. That's my life. I've, this is tricky. Obviously, Lewis always looks fly, but it's all in the one color. He has matched it fantastically. I mean, those shades are, he's nailing them. Every single purple item on his body is the same shade of purple, but... I'm just, I've seen him in some really jazzy patterns and I just don't, I don't know if this lives up to it. it certainly doesn't live up to the balaclava that we were treated to a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I, th I think for me, it's going to be a two. I I'm sorry, Lewis, you're better dressed than me, but yeah, I just can't rate you any higher. Dom? Honestly, like I, so my, uh, I wish he didn't have the jacket underneath the outer jacket because that just seems like too many layers and not just from a, a weather point of view but it's his I, I still think it's quite fabulous so i would give it a i would give it a four out of five and i think the sunglasses are a great accessory and i do also love the bling he has lot his rings on almost every fingers yeah he's nailing the bling i forgot to comment on the sunglasses but you're right yeah he he always looks fab doesn't he okay well i'm excited to see what's coming next what's he gonna wear in singapore can i just add i do love that he wears a rainbow helmet i saw that he was wearing that for the race me too. Love like that. that. I just want to call that out. Well, actually, Emily, you you genuinely didn't know that this was going to be the next topic. But the next topic is going to be which was our favourite helmet of the weekend. Oh, I have two contenders, but I do like the sentiment behind the rainbow one for Ooh. this. Okay, hit us. What are your what are your faves? Well, you showed me someone who had a pizza one that mm. said Monza in the middle, and I just thought that was great. Yeah, 
I don't know who it was because at that point I didn't know any drivers. So. <laughs> you could shed some light on that that would be great joe grang you what an absolute hero with the pizza helmet it's a 10 out of 10 from me that is definitely my favorite helmet of the weekend dom what are your thoughts i do i did love the pizza helmet but then i also did enjoy the daniel ricardo one which has his screaming Mm. face on top of it as well yeah that one was iconic Every time on the podcast, we are going to be doing a technical explainer. So this is going to be a fellow F1 fan coming on the podcast and telling us a little bit about something technical that might be a little bit tricky to understand. Maybe it's going to be some of the history of something. Maybe it's going to be some of the ins and outs. And as we have Dom here, Dom is going to be the first one doing a technical explainer. So Dom kick us off what are you going to be covering today so today i'm going to talk about pit stops Uh, and pit stops have a special place in my heart because my only memory really of watching f1 before drive to survive was my dad would occasionally watch um put the races on the big ones like monaco um and we would and his favorite thing was always the pit stops it still is now he's quite tickled that now i've gotten back into it and pit stops is still his favorite thing so (laughs) yeah so what pit stops, what are they for starters? Pit stops is when the cars stop. And this is true for all racing, not just F1. It's a time when cars stop in order to change parts. Uh, mo- mo- that's the biggest thing is to change parts, sometimes refuel, and sometimes also to serve a penalty. So it can have lots of things. The main point of a pit stop is when they stop in the pits. The main thing in F1 that they do at the moment is change the tires, but they can also do small fixes on them, like changing the front wing, adjusting the back wing. And yeah, those are the main things that happen in the moment in F1. Um, one interesting thing is that they used to, between 1994 and 2009, they used to refuel as well during pit stops, which was a whole other dynamic from a strategic point of view because you could choose to go in with less fuel and then just refuel throughout the race or you could go with a big load of fuel and then only refuel maybe once or never and so it just kind of added a whole bunch of strategy which is what pit stops are they've made a choice in the rules that you have to pit at least once in an f1 race and you have to change compound tires so if you start on softs You have to go into mediums or hards. You can come back onto softs later, but you do have to change compounds. And as a result, it means that you have to pit at least once. And so there's just lots of strategy that goes into it. Um, And in the same way that they decided to get rid of the refueling for safety reasons, um, it took away a lot of the strategy that I just mentioned. And so theoretically, they could take away that making it compulsory to change tires, but that would then completely change uh, the strategy. People may think that it's impossible to finish a race on one set of tires, but Alex Albon almost did it this year, and he literally pitted on the last lap because he had to, but he could have gone the whole race on on hard tires. Yeah. Interesting. Which race was that? I can't remember, but it was definitely this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so some other interesting things about the pit stops. So how many many, um, crew members do you think are involved with the pit stops, you guys? Oh, with my expert knowledge, uh, <laughs> are we talking about people who actually like attend yeah. to the car, yeah. or like the wider team? Uh, twelve. Everyone who's involved with the car, apart from the driver. So you're saying twelve, Becca? Ooh, okay, I am gonna. Okay, so I think three on each tire, and then one. There's that one 
at the front who like holds them <laughs> so technical and then there's the one who maybe operates the traff the little light um so i'm gonna go 14 that is a guess so, so it's up to 21 bloody wow. hell there's indeed three on each tire there's the gunner who's the person who undoes the bolt and redoes the bolt there's the person who takes the tire off the person who takes the, puts the tire on there's the person at the front who's called the front jack and there's the person at the back who's called the rear jack and they both have substitutes so in case something happens there's a backup for both of them do you know why they might need a backup no so it's happened on multiple occasions that the front jack has actually been bumped by the car when it's come in. So you can find videos of the front jack basically flying away. And so this, so his substitute has to come in and put the car up because obviously we can't wait for him to get up to start the pit stop because every fraction of a second matters. And then you've also got two steadiers. These are two basically jacks on the side. Now, they don't always need to be there. But if you need to change the front wing, obviously, you can't do the front jack. So in that case, you'll have the person at the back and people on both sides. And then there's two wing adjusters. These are people who can adjust the wing uh, at the back, which this is something I learned researching this, that they can change mid-race some adjustments in the wing. And they're also the people that would put the front wing on if they change it. And then finally, you've got what's called the lollipop man. That's the person with the sign that lets, <laughs> yeah. the, per that lets the person know when to stop and when they can go. We should be doing the school run. Bigger <laughs> <laughs> priorities, Emily. I know, sorry. This is so interesting. I can't believe there's that many people and absolutely increasing me that in case somebody gets knocked over, they have a spare person. Definitely like look look up um, front jack F1 knocked over and you'll see, like, I think it's happened, maybe, maybe it happens once every couple of years. And they're fine because obviously the F1 car is coming in very, very slowly, but it's just that if they over, if they over hit their um, spot by even a few inches, that's going to knock that person over. God, what a dangerous job. Yeah, absolutely. Here we are thinking that being the driver is dangerous, but it's not. It's being the front Standing jack. in front of the car is worse than being in it. Okay. Yeah, a little knock and off you go. Uh, speaking of danger, actually one of the most dangerous positions was to be in the car during the re refueling era. Because, And this is the main reason why they stopped the refueling, was because there was a problem that if something went wrong, then you got fuel everywhere. And there is one particular driver that had an incident where the hose came off, covered his car in fuel, and then the whole car burst into flames. And that was none other than Jos than Jos Verstappen in 1994. No. Oh my god! I could make yeah. a really out of taste joke now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Yeah. God, wow, I can't believe it. And is that one of the reasons why they got rid of refueling? Because it was dangerous? Like It's that? one of the big reasons. But actually, that was in 1994, which was the first year they did it. And they kept it going for 2000 for till 2009. So almost for well, actually exactly 15 years. So that wasn't obviously it wasn't that incident, but it obviously happened a few more times. And they just figured that the risk wasn't worth all the extra drama and stuff. But I think as someone who didn't watch it back then, it would have been interesting to watch a race where, you know, as much as we talk about tire strategy and pit strategy and undercut, overcut, then it just adds a whole new dimension to the strategy of, so, you know, it would just be one more thing for Ferrari to mess up if it was happening today. Yeah, I mean, you know, we know we know they'd cock it up, wouldn't they? <laughs> they wouldn't be able to do a reef. They can't put the bloody tires on. That's so interesting. Dom, thank you for that lesson. You're welcome. Glad to, glad to share some knowledge. Teaching us. 
Okay, we are almost at the end. My last question is predictions for Singapore. Uh, Emily, let's start with you, our F1 rookie. Tell us, mm. one, two, three, who's one, it going to be? Three. How, right, sorry, going back to lesson here. How do we know where they're starting? Is it based on, it will only be their qualifiers, so we don't know the... Yeah, we right. don't know how they qualify. I'm going to put, I hate to say it, Max is going to be up there, isn't he? Mm. Let's mm. be honest. Um, then, I think, well, it depends. Oh, I'm going to kind of replicate what we did in the last race. I think George Russell, maybe. Mm. I don't really see that, sadly, Nick's going to be up there. Oh, don't say hopefully it. he'll be in the top ten. You never know, maybe he'll trump it. Um, and then... I'm going to make a bold guess and say Lewis. Nice. I like it. Okay, my... Lewis before three. George. Lewis before... So you're going to go Max... Max, one. Lewis, George. Nice. I am going to go Lewis for his first win. I think Singapore is the only race that left on the calendar that he has any chance in a hell of winning. So I'm going to go Lewis for his first win this season. Singapore. I'm being hopeful. I think Max will win, but I'm lying to myself. So Lewis first, Max second second and that's going to be because of a mechanical issue and george third that is my prediction uh, i'm going to predict a latifi dnf as well i think i think in a curveball <laughs> that might happen and i'm going to cross my fingers that alex alban is back poor guy's been in intensive care so fingers crossed that alex is back and fighting if he is i'm going to go alex in the points yeah, I heard. I heard. I heard there was some complications from his appendix operation that he was on a ventilator for a while, but he seems okay now. Yeah. And obviously, oh we send we send our best to the Albon family. And I, if anything, I kind of hope for for his own for his own sake that he actually isn't there. That he's actually given some more time to heal. So hopefully, he's not yeah. rushed back for it. And then you know what? If Nick De Vries gets another chance to race, that wouldn't be the worst thing. It wouldn't. Uh, my prediction for the race is I'm going to go with you, Becca, on the first uh, Hamilton win. However, the only way that happens if this Max has some sort of technical problem, but like I think he, so, I'm going to say Max DNFs. I know I say this every race, but you've just you've got to believe. Uh, and I also think that the Mercedes has to be the Mercedes has to be running really well. So I'm going to be bold and say Mercedes one two and Charles third. Nice. Oh, nice. I'm hoping it happens, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Emily, I mean, what a trooper. What a fan you're going to be now. Keep an eye on Sky Sports. I'm, I'm going to go and give Crofty a call now. Dom, thank you so much for our lesson. Before we head off, we want to hear from you. We want to know what weird and wonderful questions you have about F1. Each time on the podcast, we are going to be answering a rogue question from a fellow fan. So hit us up on our Instagram, Formation Chat, or email us at formationchatf1 at gmail.com with the roguest question about F1 that you can think of, and we will do everything in our power to find the answer. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back soon with the latest F1 goss, the latest answers to your questions, and all the opinions on Lewis's outfits. See you soon. <laughs>